What is up guys, this is Scott from Iron Legion. This is episode number 277 of the Not Born This Way podcast, official podcast of the Iron Legion Strength Company. Alright, so today's a special day. I got Coach Andrew Herman in the house. Ooh, what's up? And uh, as usual, we are going comedians in cars style, driving around in the Jeep, because uh, that's how we roll. That's right. So a lot of you guys will know uh, of Andrew just from uh, following me and following the page. But if you um, don't know, I'll give you a little background on how we uh, got Andrew over at the Iron Legion. And then uh, I'll let him tell you kind of his story about how he became a coach and and all that good stuff. Um, When Andrew and I met, it was uh, four years ago-ish, probably. Uh, I had had opened the Iron Legion about a year ago at that time and uh, we only had two training rooms, uh, two small rooms, about 800 square feet a piece, and we had gotten busy to the point where I couldn't really work out there anymore. Uh, so I would go over to World Gym uh, a couple towns over midday and get my workouts in. And one day I was um, walking by the aerobics room, right, or something? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I see yeah. this guy in there pretty ripped, uh, practicing what appears to be a posing routine for a bodybuilding contest. So I kind of watched him out of the corner of my eye and I could tell he looked uh, like he knew what he was doing and he was in great shape so I I caught him on the way out just mentioned uh, said hi and told him I thought he looked good and you know wished him luck and I guess we probably started following each other on social I think it was yeah we connected on Facebook yeah Yeah. typically I think one of us found the other one and and started following each other on Facebook and then uh, you know over time I would just kind of see his his posts and get a sense of his personality and I liked liked what I saw and then uh we rented out like doubled the size of our space in the next couple months and I, I needed to find some good people quickly was kind of going through my mental rolodex of who I knew and I was like hey man what about that dude from worlds he seemed pretty awesome you know I liked his positive vibe and, and everything he was putting out there on social media so I reached out to him and was like any chance you're a coach uh, and any chance you'd be interested in talking he's like dude yeah I am doing online stuff and I'm certified and I'd love to talk to you so he came over and then uh you know I'll let him pick up after that but that was kind of goes how many, there, doesn't it? yeah how long how long ago oh, was shit, I was just talking to Julian about this I mean we just had our Julian and I just had our three-year friend anniversary on Facebook okay so, so it's, it's three, about three. three plus yeah yeah three. so uh you know that was that and then you know fast forward here we are Andrew's uh super duper busy uh I mean he'll tell you the story but he left you know, he obviously had a job when when I met him, so we ultimately stole him from there, and now he's here full-time and not only doing uh, a lot of coaching but also running some other stuff for us. Been been tremendous um, addition to the team and helped us bring the whole business to another level. So uh, thank you for that, Andrew. Anytime, anytime. And then, uh, yeah, man, so you can just pick up from there, and, and then I'd also love to rewind and hear like just your whole origin story like how you got involved in this whole thing well yeah so I, let's rewind first because i actually hated working out when i was a kid so it was one of those <laughs> i know it was weird um it's one of those things where when i was when i was a kid i played a lot of sports um, i was always competitive i played a lot of baseball um was so, that your thing yeah baseball yeah. was my thing uh, my whole family too my middle brother dan plays a lot of baseball uh, my youngest brother didn't but Baseball was our thing. What position did you play? Second base. Ah, man. dude, that was mine too. Second base, yeah. And then I realized I had really big feet, so the footwork, <laughs> the footwork doesn't really go well with second base there. So, um, 
so we play a lot of baseball. Um, I'm talking like spring, summer, fall, winter, like year-round ball. Yeah. Um, played that as a kid. And you were here in Maine, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was born out west uh, in Seattle, but I've lived most of my life in Maine, so okay. I consider myself a Mainer. Um, so a lot of baseball, and then we got to high school, um, and I, again, I continued playing ball there. I realized I wasn't you know, as good as everybody else there, so I was kind of, you know, middle of the pack, but often sitting on the bench. Uh, yeah. So riding the left pine, as people would say. <laughs> Um, so that was good, um, but then my my senior year, uh, I always wanted to play football. My mother was very against football. Sorry, mom, if you listen to this, uh, she was always against football, and so it took a lot for me to kind of persuade her. But my senior year, I was like, you know what, fuck it, it's my last year. I'm just gonna do it. So I told, I signed up and got the equipment without even telling her. And you had never played, never played up football. until senior nope, year. Never played football. Oh, yeah, man. just jumped right into it. Um, the reason I tell this story is because this is my first experience with the weight room. Is uh, again back in you know elementary school, middle school, and early high school. I played baseball, and if you know anything about baseball, you don't need to be super jacked. You don't need to be super fast. I mean, it helps obviously, but yeah, I got I skated by without working out. Um, Especially like back then, it was yeah. like just athletic ability. Right I mean, now, more recently, it's become get bigger and stronger and better, but. Right. Back in the day, it was just just play. Yeah, yeah. just play, and uh, and that's basically where it was. So yeah, so senior year, I signed up for football. Didn't tell my mom. Came home with all this <laughs> that's equipment. crazy. Yeah, and um, and so the coach knew I was you know a newbie to football, so he's like, hey, show up in the weight room, like we're having team training or whatever. Um, so I show up. Uh, the one and only time I went to the weight room, I did not return because we did some lat pull downs, and I vividly remember those, and they were fucking ugly. They were terrible. Yeah, um, yeah, I could picture them. Yeah, really bad pull downs. And then he had us curl, and I tell this story a lot because this is the one that really got me. Is he gave us uh, a 15 pound dumbbell, and I could not curl it. So then I, he gave me a 10 pound wow. dumbbell, and I could not curl it. Um, so I was a, I was never the the big fat kid or looking to lose weight. I was always the skinny weak kid who could never put on size. So, yeah. um, so that kind of, that ruined it for me. Honestly, I, uh, couldn't curl the 10 pound dumbbell. And, I, uh, I almost can't even believe it. Right. Know, right. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Uh, and I hated working out. Like I said, I like conditioning work, you know, all that kind of shit. I was not into it. So, um, so I left and I didn't come back. Um, then I went to college. I went to Orono. No, did you not come back to football or just not the weight room? No, the weight room. I okay. played football. I, uh, I played all senior year. Um, <laughs> my coach actually put me down on JV, which was fun because <laughs> I was just beating the shit out of kids because I was bigger, um, taller anyways. Yeah. Um, these, I mean, these JV kids were like freshmen who were really good at football. <laughs> and I, was, I was a senior, so yeah. it was kind of fun. Um, so yeah, I, I, I finished out the year. I had a great time playing football. Um, I really enjoyed it, but that was kind of my first rebellious streak and my first experience in the weight room. So then I go to college. Uh, I go to Orono. Well, before that, sorry. I, uh, I applied to a couple of the uh, military academies. So I wanted to go into the military. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I, got, I applied to and was accepted to the Air Force Academy on double recommendations from the senators. Wow. And congressmen. Okay. So I got accepted there, and my plan was to go and be a fighter pilot. Um, so that that was all lined up and ready to go, um, pending a physical. And so I did all that shit. I actually passed my physical. That wasn't it. But I am allergic to tree nuts, like almonds and pistachios and all that shit. So okay. I got I got booted from that because of that. 
Really? Yeah, so they uh, they figured that out and they're like, oh, by the way, you can't do this anymore. Um, so that bounced me off of that and oh, I ended wow, up in Orono. Wow, I didn't Orono. know that either. Yeah. So needless to say, I ended up in Orono. Um, and when I was there, I obviously wasn't good enough to play college sports. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I joined a fraternity um, and through that, there was a lot of intramural sports and pretty competitive intramural sports. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we played everything under the sun. We played basketball, we played volleyball, football, softball, a um, lot, of, lot of sports to play. Um, and and it was very competitive because there were, I mean, teams. Yeah, teams yeah. We didn't, we didn't like, they didn't I remember, like us. I remember that in college too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, and a lot of it got aggressive. I remember multiple fights on the football field uh, to the point where we had to literally break each other up. It was, yeah. It got bad. Yeah. Um, but that kept my kind of competitive spirit alive. Yeah. Uh, for four years, I played all, every intramural I could get my hands on. Um, and again, it was pretty aggressive. So, um, and and then I that's when I started to dabble. I was like, all right, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking a lot of beer. I should probably you know stay somewhat in shape. Yeah. So I, I dabbled into the beach body shit. You okay. ever do that stuff? The, yeah. The, yep. Um, what is that guy, the insanity dude, whatever yep. that is? Yeah, what's his name? Uh, the bald head. Sean, yeah, Sean, Sean something. Sean T or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I did insanity for a little bit. Uh, that was cool, but as if you've ever done that stuff, it's very cardio-based. Um, yeah. I realized I was very out of shape. <laughs> so I, I would do it, you know, it wasn't anything consistent. I'd do it, you know, a week here, take a couple weeks off, a week there, do a couple, you know, whatever. Um, so it wasn't too, too good. Um, so college, that was good. We rounded that out. Um, and then I moved in with my girlfriend at the time. We moved to South Portland. And I, I graduated with a undergrad degree in anthropology. Yeah, I was just going to ask yeah. you that. Okay. Oh, we're getting to that, sir. Uh, anthropology with like an earth science minor and like a, like a new media, which is kind of like website graphic design kind of. Wow, that's, Miners. A, that's a crazy combo to think yeah. what you do for a living now, too, right? Like, I know, right? Well, it all ties in. It yeah. all ties in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so I moved in with my girlfriend to, like, South Portland, um, rented this little apartment. And in the meantime, I had painted houses when I was a kid for, like, 10 years, give or take. It was kind of my summer job. When I was 13, my mom's like, you need to get a job. So my grandfather retired. He, uh, he painted houses for a living or kind of keep himself busy. So... I did that for 10 years as a summer job. And so when I graduated college, I signed on with a pretty prestigious kind of painting company in the old port where we would, you know, paint mansions in Scarborough and Prout's Neck and you know, cool. like multi-million dollar mansions and shit. Um, so the painting aspect wasn't fun, but you know, the whole- Seeing the house, yeah, 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 yeah. We did some pretty crazy places. Um, so we did that and at the time, I mean, that's what I was doing for a job and I was also thinking about, you know, continuing my education. So I was looking into graduate schools. Um, at the time I was kind of really focused on the archeology span kind of root, the anthropology. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's kind of my, my base is I'm, a. I'll talk about it in a second, but I hold a master's in archaeology, so that's yeah. my background. So that's it's when history. you, when you like nerd out. Yeah, it's nerd out. Yeah. It's, it's very history based. Um. So, where was I? Yeah, South Portland. Yep, so you're in South Portland. Yep. Looking for stuff. She and I were not really on the same page, so it was kind of a, a weird dichotomy at the house, I would say. Um, and then the guys I painted with were actually into fitness. So, oh, okay. Sort of. Yeah. Quote, quote yeah. unquote, into yeah. fitness. Uh -huh. um, 
So these are the guys, uh, at the time I thought, oh, these guys are huge, they're jacked, right? They're, they know what they're doing. So they offered to, for me to go to Worlds with them. You know, okay. and that's how I got started at Worlds is they took me to Worlds before we went out on our paint, you know, paint crew. Um, but these are the guys that they would come, you know, hey, we're going to go five days a week and they'd only show three. Yeah. You know, hey, we're going to do legs once a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. So <laughs> they were very, like, weekend warrior. And that'll be that'll be leg press. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was leg press and it was ugly ugly reps with as many plates as you could find. We did yeah. never under, never, never under a squat bar. Yeah. Um, so I, that, that was my first real foray into kind of, like, weightlifting. It was very upper body focused. And, okay. Uh, very little legs yeah um but so that what i realized though is is that was a very good outlet for me um to kind of deal with my stress uh, like i said stuff in my house wasn't going very well um i was kind of stressed out about not having a job after college um also stressed out about oh my god i chose an archaeology degree like <laughs> what the hell am i gonna do with this how do you get paid with this <laughs> yeah, now exactly <laughs> Um, so that, that was all kind of making me super anxious to super stressful, obviously didn't help my relationship. Uh, but I found that the gym was a good way where I could just go and kind of bust ass, tire myself out. And then I wouldn't really worry about it the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And so a couple months of working out with these guys go by, I realized that I'm really enjoying this. Um, and they come three days a week. So I started going the rest of the time by myself, um, keep the consistency there. Um, and one of the days I was there, I kind of crossed glances with this older guy. His name's Kevin. Kevin, if you listen to this, this is your shout out. Um, <laughs> guy named Kevin. And he's, Kevin was one of the most consistent guys I ever met. Um, he was there 4.30 in the morning every single day. If you text him and say, hey, man, I'm not feeling great. He's like, you better be fucking there or we're never lifting again. Yeah. Um, so he and I, we had a really strange but very fruitful relationship, um, really good friends, and he kind of took me under his wing. He, he saw me there one day without them, and he was like, all right, if you really want to learn how to do this the right way, um, show up tomorrow, 5 a.m., you're done lifting with them forever. Um, so you need, to, <laughs> you need to tell them that. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and I will see you tomorrow at 5. And he's like, this is your one and only chance. If you don't show up tomorrow, That's, we're not doing it ever again. That's fantastic. And also knowing, Kev, I know Kevin too, this doesn't surprise me at all. Right. <laughs> like right. This is perfect. All right. So I show up. Uh, I show up the next day. I'm there. They, My other two guys, they didn't show up. So I was like, fuck it. You know, I'm the only one here. I, I'm enjoying this, so let's do it. Um, so Kevin took me under his wing, and that was a very informative time. I lived with him for four years maybe wow time man that's a long time of a partner dude training partners are tough i, I went through yeah. handful back in my days but it's it's tough to find someone that you match well with you know and and if again you know kevin so he's yep. a very intense dude right and and that was my again my first foray into being like super intense with workouts and yeah. it, it was good and and i'm he taught me a lot and obviously i've expanded since then but yeah he was a very kind of bro split you know like yeah, man. monday got legs tuesday chest wednesday you know, got you rolling though man yeah you got yeah. me rolling man so we lifted consistently five five days six days a week for you know three four years but in the middle of that i got accepted to graduate school so we lifted probably together for two years and then i went to england um I got, I have a master's degree in archaeology, but I got it over across the pond at the University of Reading. Oh, wow. Okay. In England. 
so I spent a year over in England kind of doing my masters over there. Um, he and I kept in contact the whole time and when I got back we kept training together. Did you so. keep your lifting up over there? Yeah, I kept my lifting up. That was where I actually did my first bodybuilding competition was in England. So when, how did you go from uh, casual workout guy to now intense workout guy with Kevin, go across the pond, how do you end up in your first contest? Ah. Yeah, so when I was when I first started lifting with Kevin, I I was he got me into the consistency, right? Yeah. And, and how to lift properly. So I, I did that, um, and I, I was seeing changes, but not like a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I at some I can't remember exactly what happened, but I had a light bulb moment, and I was like, all right, if if I really wanna, I obviously like doing this, but I'm not gonna sit here and fucking waste my time. Yeah. So if I'm gonna do it, I gotta get my nutrition checked. So I took what he, t he was teaching me and I, I worked on cleaning up my nutrition and cleaning up my protein and cleaning up my carbs and cleaning up my fats and making sure I was eating enough. And that's when the real change really started to happen. Yeah, I saw a yeah, massive yeah. muscle increase. Um, and, and it was that moment I realized that I could look like whatever the hell I wanted. It just, mm. it's, you, can, you can change whatever you look like. You just yeah. have to put in the effort and you have to put in the, the food and the training and the time consistency but whatever I wanted to look like I could do it um, and so that's an em em empowering realization too right yeah it's like when you're working out by yourself you first I think you're gonna you think you're gonna just all of a sudden be like popping muscles everywhere yeah. after a little while and then you're like kind of disappointed right like right. oh I thought I'd be kind of jacked by now yeah but then when you would discover okay if I do the other stuff mm. I, I actually can yeah, yeah that's cool yeah no it was it was really good and then um yeah, it, it, it was it was very empowering. Um, but the other piece to it too is, as a skinny kid who couldn't lift a ten pound weight, <laughs> but oh shit, like you can curl a forty pound. Oh weight. man, yeah. You know, you, oh, you just yeah. have to put in the time and the effort to get there, right? Right. So that that's when I really kind of I was like, all right, if we're doing this, we're fucking doing it. Um, so I I went, you know, balls deep into it, and I went I went hard into the nutrition stuff. It was around that time again. I'm not really sure. I think it was honestly Kevin, because Kevin was into the bodybuilding stuff, and he would show me, you know, Dorian Yates from the yeah. yeah. Dorian Yates was his favorite. Um, so Dorian Yates, and then I got into like the '70s bodybuilders with Frank Zane and Columbo and Arnold, uh, Bob Paris, all those guys, and I really liked that physique. So that was my kind of yeah. You were drawn to like a mind. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that, that, and then I guess I kind of just I spiraled from there and that's, I was like, right, you know what, like, I know they do bodybuilding competitions, whatever, so um, maybe I'll try it. Um, but in England, they had a really cool setup. So they had something called the Student, um, they call it MASS, Muscle and Sports Society. So it was a club on campus oh, of wow. weightlifters. So you know how you go to like university now and they have like, you know, the book club or yeah. like, um, you know, badminton club or I don't know, I'm just yeah. kind of thinking shit, right? Yeah. Clubs. Um, they had a weightlifting club, That's which cool. was fucking cool. And it was everybody from power lifters to bodybuilders to strong men to all that kind of shit. Just whatever you liked doing. Um, this was your club. That's very cool. And the, the person who kind of built the thing set up events. Um, one, they had a powerlifting event. And this was all for students. Right? Okay. You couldn't be yeah. like a four-year-old dude to come into. You had to yeah. be in a university yeah. in one of these clubs. Um, which was, I thought was a great idea, you know. It is, yeah. Um, and he, they would put on these events, and one of them was the SPC, the Student Physique uh, Championship. Okay. The first ever student bodybuilding competition. 
So I got shredded down for that. I kept in contact with Mike Foley, if anybody knows him. Owns oh, no fitness. Sh- oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at the time, he was working at Worlds. Yep. And so he did my nutrition for that. He dialed me right in. From o- when you were overseas? Yep. We That's kept cool. in contact with that. I did my own uh, training stuff. I kept on top of that myself. He did my nutrition. Um, and I entered the student physique championships, the first one. And I came in fourth. I blacked out on stage. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, the other side note of this, if anybody knows me, I have very bad stage fright. Uh, I do not like being up in front of people. Which is ironic, yeah, right? Yeah, in public being, speaking. Being a bodybuilder, yeah. But again, this was something where I, I realized that public speaking is something that you have to do as an adult. Yeah. Right? Whether you like it or not. So this was, yeah. again, another growth moment for me. Like, all right, if you step on stage in short shorts and nothing else in front of 200 people, you can talk in front of, you know, right? Yeah. yeah. So I blacked out on stage because I was so nervous. <laughs> I remember going up. I don't remember anything on. And I remember coming off. And that's it. Um, but I guess I did well enough because they invited me back for the, I got, I came in fourth, so I, the, they took the top five to like the championship. Nice. Championships. Okay. Yeah. And that was in London, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Really uh, cool. So big stage, big everything. Um, and they, the guy who was promoting all this stuff did a good job. There are a lot of people there. Um, and I didn't do as well in that one, but it was a good experience. Yeah. Um, so when I came home, I wanted to obviously kind of get involved again with that. So right. I started competing those Got your, got your, uh, what your whistle over there? Enter my foray into the bodybuilding world. Well, it's funny too. You mentioned the student thing because um, I started the same way, and when I went to uh, Rutgers in New Jersey, and they had a. the Mr. Rutgers competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a bodybuilding contest only open to students or alumni. Yeah. So it was cool because, first of all, all the students went. Yeah. So it was like in the basketball auditorium. So it was packed. Like if you go to a local NPC show or something like that, it's crowded, but not like this was packed because yeah, yeah, it was a student thing. Yeah. Right. And everybody wanted to support their friends. So even if they didn't like bodybuilding, right. they want to see you up there. Right. So you had probably, you know, you would have had your whole fraternity there. I had the whole hockey team there. Yeah. So like of all the contests I ever did over 10 years, that was still probably my favorite one because it was only students. You didn't yeah. have any really awesome bodybuilders that put everybody to shame. You know what I mean? Like even if you were pretty good, you seemed really good because of who you were. Like the level was kind of low, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's awesome. And then but you kind of want more after that. Yeah, right? but take that and <laughs> take what you just said and be the the kid with the accent from the States and competing against all the Brits. Yeah. You know, so I was definitely the sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a couple weeks after that, I had to defend my dissertation in front of 24 professors. So, like, oh, wow. It's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it taught me a lot and it, it, it helped me grow a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And uh, again, if anybody knows me, I, I did, while I was over there, I got my master's in environmental archaeology, which is an interesting topic. And I'm very welcome to nerd out with you if anybody has any questions <laughs> on that. Uh, but when I came home, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed um, seeing, I guess that was the point of it, is I was, enjoyed seeing what my body could do, right? Yeah, yeah. Going from, all right, I, I know I can build myself up, but now can I build myself up and get really fucking lean at the same time? And that was uh, just a whole other mental challenge in itself. Um, and so when I came back, I competed in the OCB, which are like the local shows, and I dabbled in the NPC down in Boston a couple times. Okay, so that's kind of big round when I when you and I crossed paths. And we, you were, we crossed paths in the OCB. When and I, was, you were, I think that was my first show back home. 
months. And that's when you, and then you weren't working in your field necessarily. No, right? yeah. So I got a job at, so yeah, I got back and it took me probably ooh, seven, eight, nine months probably to find a job. Because uh, again, archaeology, what the hell are you going to do with it? Um, but again, I fell back on that new media minor uh, with graphic design and web design. And I got a job at Stonewall Kitchen as the, as the website designer there, or junior web designer. Yeah. So I, I worked at Stonewall for three, two, three years, give or take, as the website designer. Um, and that was around the time where you and I met. Okay. Yeah. So we met. You offered me the the shadowing, I guess. You said, come by and check it out. So yeah. I did. Um, and I shadowed probably for six plus months. Yeah. I think I shadowed for a lot. So what I would do is I lived in bid for yeah, a did time. Week, you think you did start with like just weekends or something or, or like one or two nights too once you started. Yeah, right? it was it was one or two nights and then the weekend. So I, I lived in Biddeford. Stonewall was in York. And then obviously the legions of Westbrook. So I'd go from Biddeford to my nine to five in York. No, sorry. I'd go up to Portland and work out with Kevin first at Worlds at five in the morning. Yeah. Go from Worlds straight down to my work in York. And then go from York at end of five, shoot all the way up to Westbrook to either shadow or coach the, the men's lifts yes. at night. And then I would work weekends and then I'd go home. So yeah, it was a that was a lot busy couple months there. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to quit my job and uh, go full time with the training. So, well, I, I got to a, a, a crux, right? I didn't have yeah. enough time. To, yeah. I didn't have enough time to add more clients and I didn't have enough clients to yeah. to make the switch permanently. So yeah. I just had to bite the bullet and do it. And it well, that's out. what it is, right? I mean, you have to, there's a, there's a point where you have to make the jump. And, yeah. and a lot of people, I think, that want to switch careers, yeah. they don't really know how to do that because you, you, you kind of want this guarantee. Like, okay, can I replace my salary with this other job? It's like, probably, hopefully, but yeah. it's never going to be an even swap. You're going to have to go through this, like, dangerous jump of, like, all right, I'm going to leave this guaranteed, you know, quote-unquote safe position. Yeah. And you got to rely on your freaking ability to get and retain clients. Absolutely. And, and you, most people will ultimately, even from a just a strictly financial standpoint, do better in their new position, but it takes a while. Yep. And then also, obviously, I mean, I think you, if you're doing what you love, I mean, dude, just, and just so you guys that are listening know, th this guy now is training from 5 a.m. to like 12, noon, one, one yeah. two some days, yeah. practically straight through. Yeah. I mean, full schedule, barely week, time to eat, go to the bathroom, <laughs> like, um, so this is a, this is a legit full-time personal trainer coach you know what I mean um, and also doing nutrition stuff as well yep, yep. Um, so what like I remember all the things that I loved and still love about being a coach but like what for you is it that made you know because like obviously you were really good at your other job yep. and you enjoyed that stuff I mean Andrew Andrew does our website stuff now too yeah. so that was a win-win for me because I got a great coach and also someone that could do the website but like Clearly, this job has a different level of, of connection yeah. to your whole soul than, like, the other job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, it was funny you asked that because I, I was literally talking to my, my 9 a.m. today about this. Um, and I'm, a, I'm very much an introvert, which is funny because um, there's nothing more than I would like just to kind of sit at home by myself and just, like, close everybody out. Um, but when I'm in the gym, I get 
very, I don't know, like jacked up, I would say. I yeah. don't know, I get the, yeah. the, the extrovert. You like become out. extroverted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very weird yeah. kind of thing for me because like as soon as I get out of the gym, it's very, I'm like, all right, don't talk to me. Like, <laughs> Bro, literally the same. And it's funny is, is I know, and I always think of Rachel Stratter. Rachel, if you're listening, she always busts my balls for how much I talk, yeah. right? Like she'll always make a comment. Like if I joke about my daughter doesn't shut up, yeah. she's like, no one, of course she doesn't. You don't either. And I'm like, funny thing is like, I'm extroverted. Like, yeah. I mean, introverted. I like to be extroverted at the gym. Me and you could do this for 10 hours. Oh, absolutely. Um, I could talk about training. I could talk on the podcast. I could talk in public, but yeah. I need my forces of solitude, man. Yes. I need my, I want to be alone at my house in the woods with a book in the gym, right? Yes. So yes. it's funny that you say that. I think a lot of us are like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a very introverted person. Um, but when I when I get to the gym, I, again, this is like my... And I, it's probably for a lot of people too, but I step in, I just feel instant sense of, of calm. You know, like yeah. everything, all of my worries just kind of go away. So, and I think that allows me just to kind of open up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm also, again, weird because I'm an introvert. I'm also a people person, right? So yeah. I, I really enjoy... People and what they do, and talking to different, you know, people, and that could come from my, you know, history background of I love different cultures, I love different people. Um, I, I've I've trained um, Smith, who's Indian, right, and I love talking to him about his shit. And I talk, I coach Cedric, who's Rwandan, so I get all nerdy yeah. about his stuff. Um, so I, I like to poke into people's past a little bit and kind of just check out, you know, who they are as people, you know. Um, well, that's that's a cool part. That, I'm glad you mentioned that of the job that. I think we forget to talk about. Yeah. Like we love, I love the empowerment part. I love seeing people get stronger yeah. physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. But I always forget what you just mentioned is it's also just cool to get to know, yeah. you know, eight to 10 different people every day and learn about their life experience, yeah. where they came from, yeah. what their like life was like to this point, because it's a very intimate relationship. Yeah. You know, it's not like some jobs you have co-workers that sit in a fucking cubicle next to you or do whatever like you don't get to know those people right to the degree that we get to know a client right right it's totally different and you know too as a coach like you get the you get part therapist right so you get people yeah. who they they come in and they dump all their not i'm not gonna say problems but they dump all their emotional stuff to you so you you're right you do get that very intimate kind of connection with people um but it's i that's that's one of my favorite parts, you know, is you, is you learn that people are, are very different, um, and everybody's background kind of takes them to this spot, you know, where you guys connect. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting. To me. And then you find this common ground, yes. though, in like every demographic, every yeah. race, yeah. every age, yeah. every fucking human being Doesn't matter. responds positively to getting strong. Absolutely. Right? I mean, like, that's the cool part is, like, you can have people from all over, every different walk of life, but in there, we're all on the same page. Oh, absolutely. And and that, I think that hit me when I was in England, right? It's like, oh, I mean, yeah, England and the U.S. are similar, but it's like, these guys are completely, you know, different culture, but everybody likes lifting weights just as much as I do. Or yeah. you got Cedric, who comes from Rwanda, he yeah. loves lifting weights. Or you got Smith, who comes from India, he loves lifting weights, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you're from. Um, you're all, we can kind of all do it. It's a good way to connect to people that way. So totally. It's kind of, it's a fun thing. Well, and then, so now that you've got your, your, I think so most of us have, you know, our personal experience with the weights and with training and, and how we got to where we are and, and why we love it and what it did for us, right? right? Which is why I think we want to share it with other people. Yeah. But then you also have a few years of experience 
with other people and then you start to learn like oh not everybody's like me right, right. not everybody responds to the same program as me right. Not everybody's uh, here for the same reason as I was right like they didn't come from the same yep. they don't have the same uh, origin story whatever what 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 would you say is the most common like uh, I guess misconception for folks about um, wanting to get started or like lifting weights um, and, and your advice uh, in that regard misconception I would say uh, well for for and I know I'm gonna kind of might sound sexist but I'm gonna split it out I think women especially they get nervous about putting too much muscle on um, and they feel like you know as soon as I touch a weight I'm gonna turn it into Schwarzenegger um, and therefore, I should just do cardio. And therefore, first I should just stick because I only want to get smaller. Yeah, right? or like yeah. do the quote-unquote toning exercises, yeah. right? Um, but when they're what they're really looking for is they want to feel tighter. They want the shape. They want the um, you know they want that kind of the fat loss that comes with it. And that's all all good uh, if you build muscle, right? And then the only way you build muscle is not by sitting on a treadmill or doing you know a three-pound weight for 50 reps. It's you know you got to get some weight on the bar. Yeah. Um, and you got to do the fundamental exercises, and you got to make sure you're doing properly um for guys i think it's definitely um they just don't know where to go i think they it's a very i find it's very tough for a man to come into the gym and ask for help because it's lifting weights is quote unquote a manly thing right so yeah, they feel kind of we don't want to we don't we don't want to ask for help or admit right. that we might not know right because right. that's one of those things we're just supposed to know you know right. what i mean like somehow it's just supposed to be programmed in our genes that we know how to do this stuff absolutely but what i see most of the time is these guys all right i know what i'm doing i'm gonna go to worlds cool they throw three plates on a bench without knowing the proper form then they tear a pack or they blow out a rotator cuff or they you know they hurt themselves or they just get to a point where they can't progress anymore because they don't know how to do it properly yeah um so learning you know the the right way to be progressive with the weights and making sure the form's on point and not getting too aggressive with the weights too fast um, I think it's very smart. It's, it's, everybody wants lifting weights to be a very fast fix, but it's one of the more patient things you have to be, you have to do. It's, you have to be very patient with it. It takes a long time, um, and you can't rush it. That's, that's huge, dude. And I think that's unfortunately for us in our position is, you know, we're all often the bearer of bad news, right? It's yeah. like someone saw the six weeks to, to summertime abs ad from uh, something online or yep. some other place and it's like that's not really how it works right no, and we have not. to kind of teach the long game but but I think well two, th- two things I think first of all when we focus on strength and all the benefits of strength versus like the cosmetic stuff comes afterwards Correct. right but if we're focused on the physical performance feeling better getting stronger being better at our lifting that keeps us engaged long enough yep. that we're like oh now i'm starting to actually see some muscles Correct. you know what i mean yeah yeah you gotta get a um, little motivation there. so speaking of that and i know we got to kind of wrap up soon um you experienced the big difference when you started addressing nutrition mm. and i know you are a big uh you're certified as a nutrition coach uh you've created a nutrition program that we follow yep. uh, at iron legion yep. and obviously you preach you, you practice it as a bodybuilder but also you know that's a big focus for you with compliance is, is the nutrition. Yeah. Talk a little bit about um, the importance of nutrition and also for somebody that's 
overwhelmed with all the different, I mean, right? If you want to get confused, yeah. go to the nutrition section yes. of a bookstore or just Google yeah. how to eat for fat loss, right? How would you kind of sum that up for someone like, simplify it to get started at least? 95% of the shit on the internet's bullshit. <laughs> um, it's, it, it, no, and I say that kind of funny, but it's, nutrition at the very basis is, is a very simple concept. Um, it's just all these diets are, have been put out there. There's a lot of misinformation on the internet, um, and a lot of it kind of gets distorted um, in ways that kind of are, are not are not easy to follow, and then people also want to make money, right? So you get the Atkins diet, you get the White Watchers diet, you get the Keto diet, you get the Carnivore diet, you get all this shit that people just want to make money off, but in the end, all you're doing is reducing your caloric intake. So like, you can do that with carbs. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's it's one of those things where, like I said, 95% of the shit on the internet is, is not effective. And like all those things you just mentioned, so many of them are actually the same thing. Right, they're it's all just the same It's just a different thing. catchy name to sell it this, this year. Keto, this you take cool. out carbs, yeah. right? Um, Atkins, Atkins, you take out carbs. Weight wash, you just shrink your portions, right? So it's all the same thing. You're just decreasing your caloric intake. You just do yeah. it by different means, right? Um, but I would say to your, your first question too is, I like to coach the whole person. So what I've noticed in my years uh, as a personal trainer here, as a coach, is that yes, you, you write the program, but if the person comes in and they've had a stressful night and they didn't sleep at all, your workout's gonna be shitty. If yeah. they come in and they didn't eat breakfast, your workout's gonna be shitty. If you if they, you know, did something weird yesterday and they, you know, they're super stressed out and they didn't sleep well, you know, that it's not gonna go well, right? So what I've found is you gotta coach people through all aspects of it. You gotta coach the stress, you gotta coach the sleep, you gotta coach the food. And you got to make sure everybody kind of has everything tightened up because it's not just weightlifting. It's, yeah. it, and that's what I learned when I was younger is if you just want to lift weights, that's cool. You'll be good for a little bit, but eventually you're going to stall out. And you got you to gotta have the rest of it in there to kind of be um, successful. So I try to coach the rest of that as well. Um, and I've seen a lot of really good results doing it. So. Well, I think that's that's huge. And I think that's you're, you're probably right in that that's often overlooked yeah. or underestimated by a, a person starting out is right that the, the mindset is often like well I don't do anything right right so if I just start lifting or right. I just start doing cardio something's got to happen right. right because I'm not compared to sitting on the couch I'm going to gym three days a week now and this right. guy's kicking my butt for three hours yeah. but like it really doesn't the, the, the nutrition mag like magnifies that times ten yeah. Right, like you really start to see stuff happen when you, to your point, coach the whole body, yeah. see the life, make the lifestyle changes, change the eating habits, get to bed on time, and do the training. You know. Yeah, and and again, just to kind of finish my thought on this is, just be, if you're like coming off the couch, nobody says you have to hit the gym three days a week and change your nutrition right off the bat. Right. You know. Right. And yeah. I think that's where people get misconceived. Uh, Oh, I, I need to get in shape. I gotta train really hard, and I gotta eat really well, and I gotta do my cardio and all this stuff. No, you gotta layer it in. Um, the best thing you can do is if you're if you're just coming off the couch, right? Is all right. Maybe you don't have to hit the gym twice a week. Maybe you just start going for an hour walk a day, you know, or you know, half hour walk a day. Just get moving a little bit, and you'll see a lot of results that way. Nobody says you have to smash the gym three, four, five times a week and clean up your diet. Obviously, yes, that helps. But if you're new to the gym, or new to activity in general, just getting off your butt and kind of going for a walk is a good way to kind of start. 
dude, that's actually huge. That's a that's a great point you mentioned, and, and that reminds me of, you know, the the program, the nutrition program, right? Yeah. Some of the the foundational aspects of that that, you know, you. Um, developed you know based off the precision nutrition uh, teachings but you know one of the things I think you mentioned to me when you first were rolling out the program was like too many people try to do everything at once you know make all these changes and then uh, they stop after four days because it's overwhelming to do so many of them at once right it's like just start with one We'll build on that, yep. um, and I think that's what you're saying. With, like, could be walking, could be lifting. Yep. You don't have to change everything the day you sign up for the gym. And in fact, if you try, you'll probably, probably fail. it's too much. And it's overwhelming. And that's and that is you're right. That is the basis of the nutrition program. Is all right. Let's focus on one thing at a time. Once you're good with that thing, we'll add a second thing. Once you're good with those two things, we'll add a third thing. And that's uh, that should be you know with everything everyday life you know if if you try to do too much at once you're just gonna get overwhelmed so pick your priority focus on it and then you know layer it from there and you'll be a lot more successful totally all right man well uh that's that's cool man let's let's wrap it up here i know you got somewhere to be and massage uh, baby we're back at the gym so uh appreciate you man and uh we'll do this again yes sir all right bro thanks